The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. The angel Gabriel was sent from God to a town of Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man named Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And coming to her, he said, Hail, full of grace, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at what was said, and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of David his father, and he will rule over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. But Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I have no relations with a man? And the angel said to her in reply, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month for her who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible for God. Mary said, Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise you, Lord Jesus Christ. The Immaculate Conception is perhaps the most difficult and most, the hardest, I should say, and the hardest for us to understand as people of God. The Immaculate Conception, the fact that Mary, from the moment of her conception, never felt sin in her life, never committed sin in her life. She felt the effects of other people's sin, but she never knew sin in the way that all of us know sin. And as a result of this, it's hard oftentimes to understand exactly who the Blessed Virgin Mary is because our lives are so marked by our struggles, our sinfulness, and our struggle to overcome our sinfulness. And so we can see Mary as being too distant or God as playing favorites. Why would God give Mary all the grace that she needs and not give it to me, poor sinner that I am? And yet when we start to chew on this mystery, when we start to meditate on this mystery, and especially when we look to what the Scriptures provide to us today, we start to see that the Immaculate Conception is not a source of frustration, but a source of great joy. Because the first thing the Immaculate Conception shows to us is the possibility and the beauty of discipleship. 
to follow Christ Jesus in all that we do. In that opening prayer, we heard that Mary was also saved by the death of her son, even though it happened in time after her. And so for each of us, it starts to reflect that that life poured out for Christ in following him, in keeping his life, death, and resurrection, in keeping his grace, his mercy, his love at the forefront of our lives and forming our lives around that and forming our people who are in our lives around that, that our discipleship can and is effective. There's this beautiful image and just this juxtaposition of Mary in the gospel versus Adam and Eve in the first reading. When God comes to them, what do they do? They cower. They blame the other. They don't see themselves in relationship to God because of themselves. And yet when the angel comes to Mary, she cowers because of her relationship to God. She doesn't see sin in her life, but she sees, even without sin, the disparity between who she is and who God is. And so in one way, she's afraid, but she's able to persevere because she recognizes in her life what God has helped her do, what God continues to do in her life. And so she is able to, even with fear, to step up, to say yes, to follow after Christ all the more. And what great joy this should give to us in our own life, that we too, no matter what, because of what God gives to us, can and should follow after Christ. And as a result of this, the Immaculate Conception teaches us another great lesson, which is that of hope. That we have great hope that God can do anything. God can make it possible for a woman to live a sinless life from conception until her assumption. And God works great things in our life. As St. Paul said in that second reading, Jesus desires to adopt us to himself, to make us one with him. So the Immaculate Conception is not just something for Mary, but it's something for all of us because it's what God desires for each and every one of us. To be with him forever in heaven, without the stain of sin. To be perfectly united with him. To know the peace, the joy, the wonder that comes from that. And this is not a pie-in-the-sky thing, but this is real. The Immaculate Conception shows us that there are people who are following Christ and have overcome great things. And so it should be in our own life. We should have hope. We should always recognize that we are never so far from God, that he isn't blessing us and gracing us and coming after us. And the next thing, especially for us as Americans, that the Immaculate Conception shows us is the wonder and the beauty of having so great a patron. Today is the patronal feast of the United States. The United States bishops have made the Immaculate Conception our patronal feast. Why? Why is that? It's a recognition that as citizens of this country or any country, our primary identity, our primary goal in this life comes from God and is oriented toward God. Our politics, our job, and all of that must take their meaning in what God is doing in our life and what we are doing for God through our work through our politics, through whatever. If my politics, if my job, if even my family take over from that orientation from God, 
We are less than what God has created us to be. We recognize in the Immaculate Conception that a life lived wholeheartedly for God changes humanity, changes the world. And on this patronal feast of our country, we recognize that we are first and foremost called to that discipleship and hope that come from the Blessed Virgin Mary's yes to Jesus and a life poured out for him. Sin corrupts our world. It can corrupt our lives. It can destroy parts of our life, but it never vanquishes. It never wins because of the grace and blessing of God. St. Thomas Aquinas was fond of saying that grace perfects nature, and God's grace is sufficient, and God's grace is ever being poured into our lives. Mary's humble yes Mary's beautiful life, perfect life from conception until her assumption shows us that sin has no hold, that we are children of the light, and that we are called to greatness in our homes, in our communities, in our country, in our world. May the Immaculate Conception ever shine as an example and as a goal for our life to be one with Christ forever.